0: Welcome to Marquette Missionary Church. Here is today's message. I'd like to turn our attention to the Word of God this morning. Last week we talked about Joshua chapter 23, and we talked about our focus last week. And I I gave us a brief recap last week on what was happening in this time. And I'm not going to go down that road because we're going to be going down that road today, but last week we looked at Joshua's final words. So Joshua is the leader of Israel at this given point in time. Uh, Moses led God's people out of slavery, and, and Joshua brought God's people into the promised land, and Joshua is about to die Joshua is roughly about 110. He recognizes his time on this earth is coming to an end, and he's got to pass Israel off. So this is Joshua's final words to God's people. He had led them well. He had brought them into the promised land. God worked out amazing things, but Joshua is taking them to the very end, And last week, we looked at Joshua's final words. Joshua looked at God's people, and he reminded them of the land they were living in. The land that God's people are living in was not originally their land. Well, I mean, you could argue it was through Abraham, but at the time God's God's people went back in, the Canaanites lived there, and Joshua warns God's people, I don't want you to live as the Canaanites live. The Canaanites live a certain way. They have terrible sexual sins, and they also do this thing called child sacrifice. And Joshua warns God's people, listen, don't live how the culture lives. And we actually looked at Deuteronomy chapter 12 verses 31. This is uh, talking about how the Canaanites live. It says this, it says, you must not worship the Lord your God the way the other nations worship their God for they perform for their gods every detestable act that the Lord hates. They even burn their sons and daughters as they sacrifice to their gods. The Lord reminded his people, and and especially Joshua, Joshua is looking at God's people in his last days, and he goes, as you live here, don't be how the world is. And we kind of talked about that last week. For us as a church, we are called to be living differently than how the world is. We should not be getting our standards from the world, but from God's word. Well, last week we looked at that and we looked at how, how our focus needs to be on the Lord and on God's commands and living righteously. Well, this week We're going to pick back up in Joshua, and Joshua is not done in this last speech. So if you uh, would be willing to, please stand with me. We're going to turn to Joshua chapter 23, and we're going to read the last couple verses there, and then we're going to read Joshua 24, several verses. So I hope that your knees are strong, because we have some verses to read. So I'm just pre warn you. If you need to lean on the front, you can this morning. So this is Joshua 23 verses 14 through 16. It says this, and now I'm about to go the way of all the earth. This is Joshua talking. And you know in your hearts and souls, all of you, that not one word has failed of all the good things that the Lord your God promised concerning you. All have come to pass for you And not one of them has failed. But just as all the good things the Lord your God promised concerning you have been fulfilled for you, so the Lord will bring upon you all the evil things until he has destroyed you from this good land and the Lord your God has given you. If you transgress the covenant of the Lord your God, which he commanded you, and go and serve other gods and bow down to them. Then the anger of the Lord will be kindled against you, and you shall perish quickly from all the good land that he has given you. Joshua 24. I'd like to just quickly point this out. Just because in your Bibles there is Bible or chapters and verses, it doesn't mean a thought changes. So Joshua 23 ends but 24, it's the same thought. So we're going to jump right into 24, one. Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and summoned the elders and the heads and the judges and officers of Israel. And they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said to all the people... Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, long ago your fathers lived beyond the Euphrates and Terah, the father of Abraham and of Nahor. They honored their gods. Then I took your father Abraham from beyond the river and led him through all the land of Canaan and made his offsprings many. I gave him Isaac, and to Isaac I gave Jacob and, and Esau. I gave Esau to the hill country of Sierra to, to possess. But Jacob and his children, they went down to Egypt. And I sent Moses and Aaron, and I plagued Egypt with what I did in the midst of it. And afterwards I brought you out. I brought your fathers out of Egypt, and you came to the sea and the Egyptians pursued your fathers with, with chariots and horsemen to the Red Sea. And when they cried to the Lord, he put darkness between you and the Egyptians and made the sea come upon them and cover them. And your eyes saw what I did in Egypt. And you lived in the wilderness a long time. Then I brought you to the land of the Armoites, who lived on the other side of the Georgian of the Jordan, and they fought with you, and I gave them into your land, and you took possession of their land and destroyed them. Then Balak, the son of Zippor, the king of Moab, arose and fought against Israel, and he sent and invaded Balaam and the son of Beor to curse you. But I did not listen to, to Balaam. Indeed, he blessed you, so I delivered you out of his hand. And you went over to the Jordan, and I came to Jericho, and the leaders of Jericho fought against you, and also the Armoites, the Pezuites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Gershuites, the Hivites, the Jezuites, the Pepsiites. Did you guys catch that last one? Just making sure. And I gave them into your hand, and I sent the hornet before you, which drove them out of the land, and the two kings of the Armoites, It was not by your sword or by your bow I gave you a land on which you have not labored and the cities you have not built and you dwell in them. You eat the fruits of the vineyards, the olive olive orchards that you did not plant. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and faithfulness. Put away the other gods of your faithful father, serve beyond the river in Egypt, and serve the Lord. Let me pray. Father God, as we look to your word today. Father, as we read what Joshua writes to your people. Father, I pray, Lord, that you will come and speak to us and minister minister to us today. Lord, may we be reminded today of who you are and of your faithfulness in our lives. Father, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. So, I realize that was a lot of scripture. You guys may be seated this morning here. Um, But I wanted to share that with you because, like what I said, Joshua's at the end of his life here, and he's giving God's people a history lesson. And we talked briefly about this last week. But he's basically reminding God's people let me tell you what God has been doing this far. Let me remind you of who you were at one point and where God has brought you to now. And it's so interesting and I think it's so important at how he brings us down memory lane. He tells them about Abraham and about Egypt and the miracles God did for them and how the Lord delivered them out of Egypt and how the Lord brought them to this new land and, and how this new land that they now walk in, They didn't labor for it. God even points out, you didn't even build these cities. These vineyards, you didn't even build. I gave it to you. And the Lord is constantly reminding them of his faithfulness. That God has been faithful to his people from the very beginning. He called Abraham, and he was faithful to him. He gave him a son, which had more sons, which had more sons. And I have been leading you, and I've been taking care of you this far. And if you look at it, God constantly says, I took, I gave, I assigned, I sent, I did all of this for you. Now, the question I have as I read these, these scripture verses is why does God constantly have to remind his people about this? I don't know if you've ever read Old, Old Testament, but you will come, up, come across Scripture like this time and time again, where it almost seems like the, the author pauses and says, hang on, let me just take a moment and remind you of who God is. Let me just bring you back down memory lane so that, so that you can remember how the Lord has been working and leading you thus far. And I find this so interesting that why does this have to happen why does god always seem to do this within scripture why is it that we need to like stop and remember what he has done i mean it's not like we as humans ever forget right i mean i mean we don't forget what god does we don't forget who god is we don't forget god's faithfulness i mean i mean i'm pretty sure none of you do right like that's just never happened. Like, we just, we never forget. As human beings, we never forget how God has worked. Well, we know that that is not true. And if you look at the life of Joshua, um, Joshua's life is something that many people just don't really, like, dive into. Did you know that Joshua was born and raised down in Egypt? Have you ever like kind of like thought about this? So so we have Moses, right? And and we all know the story of like Moses, Moses going down to like Egypt and the plagues and coming out and parting of the Red Sea. Did you know Joshua lived in that time? That Joshua was born in Egypt, lived in Egypt, watched Moses lead them out of Egypt, watched them watched all the plagues. Joshua lived literally through some major major events and Joshua was with Moses and he saw God do all of these miracles and I think it's it's important that Joshua reminds God's people about who God is because Joshua also knows as we know mankind's memory is very very short-lived we forget what God does we we even forget major events within our own human history. You know, um, I believe it was Winston Churchill said that if we don't know history, history will repeat itself. Or somebody somebody famous said that. We know that even within human history, our memories are very very short. But see, Joshua lived. Joshua lived quite a life. Like I said, he came up out of Egypt. He saw everything. And I do believe Joshua is taking this moment here to remind God's people of his faithfulness because Joshua saw what happens when God's people forget. He saw firsthand what happens to God's people and what they do when they forget who God is. There's a story in the book of, book of Exodus that I want to refer to now, and this this uh, account, this story is Moses. And Moses happened to go up onto the mountainside to be with the Lord. He's up there, the Lord's ministering to him. Uh, he's getting commandments, he's speaking with God. Moses is gone for 40 days and 40 nights. Now, we know that that's not really a long period of time, but look at what happens to God's people when Moses is gone for 40 days. So, turn with me to Exodus chapter thirty-two, and we're going to pick up how Moses is gone, and watch what God's people do in an instant. This is uh, Exodus thirty-two, uh, starting in verses in verse one, and we're just going to read one through six here. When the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain the people gathered themselves together to Aaron and said to him, Up, make us gods who shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought you out of the land of Egypt, we do know. We do not know what has become of him. So Aaron said to them, Take off the rings of gold that are in the ears of your wives, your sons, your daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people took off their rings of gold that were in their ears and brought them to Aaron. And he received the gold from their hand and fashioned it with a graving tool and made a golden calf. And they said, these are your gods, O Israel, who brought you out of the land of of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made a proclamation and said, Tomorrow shall be a feast to the Lord. And they rose up early the next day and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. So Moses is gone 40 days. And what do they do? They come to Aaron. Aaron, I don't know about this Moses character. He was a pretty good leader, but we need other gods. And we need to worship these gods. So Aaron gives in to the people. Okay, bring me all of your gold. And he takes it and he melts it down and he makes a calf. And he looks out at the people and says, this God brought you out of Egypt. Think about this. God's people lived in Egypt. They were in slavery, like harsh, harsh, harsh slavery, beaten, terrible lives. God miraculously delivers them. And they walk through the Red Sea. I mean, water, both sides. These are the same people. This isn't like a different group of people. These people had seen the hand of God time and time and time again in their lives. And all of a sudden, a slight delay within their leader's life, Moses. He's missing for 40 days. And what do they do? They make a God, and they bow down, and they worship it. Like, it doesn't even make human sense. I mean, like, really, like, think about this. Do you think maybe there was one Israelite that might have raised up a hand and been like, yeah, I just want to just point something out. Uh, Aaron, we just saw you make that God, like, with your own hands. We just, like, physically saw you make him. That God wasn't there when we were down in Egypt. That God, like, wasn't there leading us into the wilderness. He wasn't leading us through the waters. Like nobody questioned it because the next day they just feasted and they had just a great time. It was just like, this is our new God and this is what we are doing. I point this out because Joshua, he was there too. And Joshua remembered how God's people are. He re- remembered, you know what, these people, they forget quickly. They forget so quickly how faithful and how good the Lord is. And Joshua knows this as he is living out, the, the, living out his basically end, end days. This is why Joshua has to remind his people, you need to remember. You need to never forget what God has done for you. It's so important that we remember this every single day. Because we forget. And if we're really, really honest, we forget very quickly. We forget how faithful God is, how loving God is, how graceful God is towards us and towards others. And we see this play out time and time again. This is why as you read scripture, you will constantly see this. You will constantly see a break and it will be like a history summary. Don't skip over that. Stop and reread it because God is constantly telling his people, don't forget who I am. Because what happens is, is that when we do forget who God is, we end up chasing after other gods. We end up chasing after other things. We end up going after the things of this world when we forget who God is and God's faithfulness to us. And I bring this up because, because guys, I I know how quickly we forget. Even in my own life, it's easy to forget on a day-to-day basis what God has done. Now, you guys might be sitting there thinking, well, pastor, you should never forget. Well, I'm still human. We forget. Like, do you wake up every single morning and remind yourself of who Jesus is? Every single morning, we need to wake up and remind ourselves, either through God's word or through prayer, who Jesus is that this Jesus came for us. He came to rescue us. He came to save us. And it's interesting, and, and I would love to do an entire Bible series on this. It would take way too long. But as you look at the Old Testament stories, you could literally, you can bring them right to today, that God has always been faithful to his people. He always saves them. He always redeems them. He always loves them. We need to be reminded daily, church, of who God is in our own lives. Because we can forget and we can get distracted so quickly with the things of this world. Everything around us is just a distraction and it can throw us off on who God is. And I want to challenge you church, remember who the Lord is. I believe we do that by spending time in God's word. We do that through worship, we do that through through you know, coming to church on Sunday mornings, but we need to be reminded constantly this is how faithful God is to us. He is always faithful. And I would say, even, even as I look to our nation and as I look to the future of this nation, I think, God, you will be faithful. You, you, you are always faithful in all times, in all circumstances, in all things. And I also think it is interesting that there is a reason why we do communion together. Have you guys ever like, really thought about communion? Like say, communion is us doing what? Remembering. Like Jesus literally says, I want you to do this in remembrance of me. That when we gather together as a church family and, and when we seek him and when we look to his word and when we spend time with him, we need to remember what he has done. And I'm going to um, invite you to get your communion elements. If you did not get them, we do have a few left back there that can, get, that can get passed out. But I want you to just take a moment, and I want you to look at these communion elements here. And, and I realize they're a little bit difficult to get open at times, and you've got a top to it, and you've got that. But before we read Scripture on communion, I want you to just take a moment here. And look at these two elements. I want you to really remember what they are. We're not just eating a terrible piece of tasting bread on top and drinking some old juice together. We are remembering what God has done. Joshua warned God's people, don't ever forget God's faithfulness. And as I think about communion, we have these two elements here. We have that that piece of bread that represents Jesus' body. That, That Jesus himself, Emmanuel, I love that, God with us, Jesus himself came and sacrificed his body for you and for me. He did that. We also have the juice here, which represents the blood that Jesus poured out for us, that Jesus Christ came, God's one and only son. He came and not only was he brutally beaten and hung on that cross in his body, but his blood was poured out for the, for the forgiveness of our sins. And I want you just to, just to take a moment right now. Joanne's gonna play some light music and I want you just to take a moment and as you look at those two elements, to remember what the Lord has done for you this morning. Go ahead, Joanne. It says this. It says, this is Jesus speaking here. It says, when the hour came, he reclined at the table and the apostles with him, and he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer for I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. In verse 17 it says, And he took a cup, when he had given thanks, he said, Take this and divide it amongst yourselves. For for I tell you that from now on I will not drink of this fruit of this vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke and he gave it to them, and he says, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup after they had eaten, saying, this cup is poured out for you, for you is the new covenant of my blood. Church family, we need to always remember what the Lord has done for us. We have two elements in our hands, and I've already said this, but I want to say it again. The body, which is the bread, is Jesus' body, which was beaten for us God is so faithful to us, church. He loves us so much. He came and He sacrificed His own flesh so that you and I may be with Him. Let us take the body together. And the juice that you hold represents the blood of Jesus, which it is one thing if a righteous man comes and gets beaten for the unrighteous. But in this case, Jesus came and He was beaten for us in His body. But scripture teaches that his blood covers our sins. Washes away our sins. We have sin. And Jesus says, I love you so much. I'm not just going to be beaten in your place, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna pour out everything for you. And that's what he did through his blood. Let's take it together, church family. I want to invite the worship team back up and I'm gonna invite you to stand. And as they, as they come and as you uh, stand this morning, I'd like for us to uh, sing another worship song together and remember who the Lord is. But I, I do have one last word to be, to be challenging us on. Um, communion, we take it together here at church. And we do this in a time of remembering who Jesus is. But the reason why Jesus took the two most basic elements of his time was because he wanted his disciples and his people that every time they would eat bread that they would remember Jesus. That when, when you have just regular bread that you would look at that bread and you would remember Jesus and what he has done for you. And I would just challenge you that as you go about this week and as you eat and as you drink take time and as you look at those at those elements. We don't have to be in church here to take a moment and remember what Jesus has done for us. I just wanted just to share that with you.